a podcast by immigrants for immigrants. I'm your host, Dani. And I am Ella. Hi, guys. Happy Monday. I am so excited to be here today. Um, for some reason, I don't know, I feel very energetic, and so does Danny. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I'm so happy to be here. Happy late Valentine's Day. Yes, and also, sorry, because um, last week we had a lot of technical difficulties. I think we tried to record like three days, and it just was not <laughs> happening. Like, it was just a mix between like us not being like there, fully there, and then also just like technology was not working for us. Like, it was really strange. So, we do apologize for that, but we're back and we have, we're bringing all the energy today. And we just kind of want to share, you know, some updates about things that are going on and resources that we can use. I know y'all probably are tired of us saying, like, resources, resources, resources. But at the end of the day, like, that's really what we try to push here. It's, like, really trying to get the word out about things that we believe are great for our community. Yes. And I really, like Danny said, I want to emphasize, like, so sorry that we were not able to record last week. But really, we were having a lot of, like, software issues with the recording platform we use. And it's not that we didn't want to, like, push an episode out. We actually were trying to, but it just, it just didn't happen. (laughs) So yeah, like Danny said, today, it should be kind of like a good episode. We are going to talk about a love story. Uh, just because it's february you know valentine's day or whatever um but yeah and then we're gonna talk about a wellness support group that i found that i really want to share with you guys and then kind of like a sense of hope for an act that is trying to be passed and then yeah just just share what we want to the resources we have like danny said yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, okay, so first of all, I want to open up the episode really lighthearted. Um, and I think we shared this on our last episode, but we were actually, we had a Galentine's. And I just want to say that it is so nice to have a good support of friends. Because, like, honestly, like, we talked about this. Like, sometimes, like, you don't have a partner on Valentine's Day or, like, holidays, you know. And it can be really hard. But at the end of the day, like, I firmly, firmly believe that whenever you're so surrounded by good people you know and like especially with like this girl group that we got together like it was just so beautiful like I don't know everything just came together and I'm just so appreciative of that so I just want to share my um my emotions with that because I really hope that y'all also had good experiences whether it was with your family members a partner or, or whoever so yes I hope y'all had a, a very similar experience yes so to open up the episode with a good hopeful act that is trying to be passed. We wanted to talk a little bit about the Dignity Act, which was introduced back in May of 2023 by a Florida representative, by Representative Salazar from Florida and Representative Escobar from Texas. And basically it was a bill that was introduced to protect the border while providing or like addressing border issues, like securing the border and kind of granting like a legal pathway to all of the undocumented people that are in the U.S. And I just think that's amazing because to me that makes me happy to know that there is somebody out there that is trying to represent and advocate for us. Like, that is, thank you. That that just makes me happy. Yes, I know that there was an update that was made um, uh, April of last year. And um, one of the updates was 
to that was to for the Department of Homeland Security to establish standards for facilities holding the non-U.S. nationals, um, so undocumented immigrants that are in this country and in its custody, and phasing out using non-DHS facilities for such purposes. Because I know in the past they were using anything to you know, big, big um, auditoriums and stuff like that. They weren't to the standards that, you know, I believe that people, any kind of person should be held to. So, you know, there's there's strides that are being made. And sometimes they seem like, I don't know, like that, that I feel like that's a that's a really big one is the holding facilities, because I saw pictures back in 2020, where it looked disgusting how they were treating people and how they were just piled up in these cages so I'm very yeah. glad we made changes to that yes of course girl that makes me happy too and so basically we're not going to touch fully upon the whole bill because we're going to actually link it on the show notes if you guys want to read it like more into detail but it's basically like a like a five plan it's broken into five sections. So the first one uh, is regarding like border security. Um, the second part is kind of like ports of entry, like infrastructure. The third is legal status for undocumented individuals. And it talks about like pathways to citizenship. The other one is the asylum reform um, and ways to kind of like use E-Verify. And then the other one is more of like addressing visa backlogs and caps and talking about a guest visa reform, a worker visa reform. And yeah, like it's it's very, it, I, I know I keep saying that it makes me really happy, but y'all don't really understand how happy it makes me. Because for example, one of the things that I want to read, it basically says that it creates the dignity program and the dignity legal status, which would grant undocumented people in the U.S. the legal status along with work and travel authority and grant them a permanently renewable legal status for as long as they meet the criteria. This could possibly bring up 11 million undocumented people out of the shadows. And it basically, like, if you're a a certified agricultural worker, it creates a renewal legal status for undocumented workers, like, así rápido. Um, It leads to pathways pathways to citizenship for the dreamer and the promise act so basically if you're a daca recipient guys you could apply for citizenship like isn't that amazing yes honestly like that warms my heart because i think a lot of the time you know people are so quick to say oh well there's bad people that come into this country and uh you know they're they're all criminals and all this stuff and well i'm not saying that i don't like disagree or I don't agree with that but I'm just saying like at the end of the day like there's people that do good things and that they are here trying to better their lives so I I love that they that they if they would do that because implementing the the part that like if you still are held within those standards then you can reapply because like I mean as it should be like if you've done nothing wrong and you've been compliant with every single thing that is asked of you like let's do it you know, so honestly, I think that it's beautiful. And um, I really am hopeful for this because, oh my gosh, it would be a long time coming for a lot. Of yeah. People. And so like, basically, it's a seven year pathway, I believe. So it would be participating in the program would require dignity beneficiaries to pay $5,000 over the course of seven years, which is the duration of the program, as well passing up criminal background check to pay any outstanding taxes. 
and begin or continue paying taxes. Um, it talks about the dreamers keeping families together. So people who have permanent bar and had to go back to Mexico and keep trying to apply but keep getting denied even though they have children and U.S. citizen wives or spouses, like a spouse, I mean the spouse, spouse um, and they can't come back. It would basically grant them the right to come back into the U.S., and it's also like a redemption program, a secondary five-year program available to Dignity recipients at the end of the initial seven-year Dignity program where participants may complete additional requirements upon completion. And upon completion, recipients would be eligible to apply for citizenship. So you have to go through the whole seven-year program and then you apply for citizenship. So it's not going to be like a right away, the Dignity Act is passed. And you can just get a green card. I mean, and you can just get citizenship. No, 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 no. Um, no, it's a program. So you have to, for those seven years, guys, you have to be in good good standing with the law, pay your taxes, be a good citizen, et cetera, et cetera. And you know what? This kind of makes me sad because I feel like a lot of people who are not for the program are going to be like, why are y'all getting citizenship to all these illegals, these criminal illegals? And they're not even going to inform themselves to know that actually it's, not a program that's going to automatically grant us citizenship, but instead a program where we can get a way to legally work in the U.S., pay our taxes, and then after seven years, if everything is good, then we can apply for citizenship. Which, honestly, I believe rightfully so. Like, if you... And that goes to anything. Like, if you're doing the right thing, I think, like, you should be you should be perfectly qualified to, to do so. Um, but, yeah... I am looking forward to what comes of the Dignity Act, um, also known as the Dignidad Act. Yes, guys. And before we move on from this um, topic, I did want to say that part of this act also, they focus on backlogs in the system. So basically, it cuts the visa backlog to a maximum of 10 years, meaning that anyone who has been waiting for a legal visa, either family-based or employment-based, for 10 years or more, um, they will be provided that visa. So that's that's really amazing. Oh, yeah, because honestly, like, when, that's, that's something that, that I feel like not a lot of people know about is the fact that these waiting times are a lot. <laughs> they are long. And it's, you know, sometimes it feels like the, the light at the end of the tunnel is really far. Um, so I'm really hopeful. Um, I want to remain hopeful and, you know, um, have a positive attitude. And if you're doing the right thing, then keep doing the right thing, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, and for all the people that are like, okay, but what about the border? What about the border? So basically, um, they do have like a border security plan that's also mentioned in the act that it's basically funding for border infrastructure and equipment. So it requires... Border Patrol or Customs Border Patrol to develop a five-year technology investment plan. They also have to make several initial technology upgrades, including like secure communication technology, integrated surveillance systems. Um, there's no funding for restarting restarting the construction of the Trump border wall or similar cross-border barrier projects. So that's good because like the bayous, we saw how like those ended up taking the life away of like a mother and two kids. And then another thing that it provides, like, yes, funding for the for additional U.S. and Custom Borders agents, officers. Um, but it also requires, 
It says that they replace the current definition of all operational control, which is currently statutory defined as the prevention of all unlawful entries into the United States, an unrealistical and unworkable metric that was established in the Secure Fence Act of 2006. So I don't really know what that means. So if anybody knows what that means, y'all can let us know. But yeah, it's basically a plan to secure the southern border threat analysis, threat analysis and the northern border threat analysis and a border patrol strategic plan. So yeah, sorry, I was just rambling, but I was trying to like read just like the basic, like the most important things and not just Mm -hmm. like read the whole thing because it goes into like detail. It's a very big document. Yeah. yeah, So, but like I said, guys, we're going to link it on the show notes so you guys can actually read it because it's actually good. Like it's a good plan. It's very informative to say the least. And I know that Danny did say that we were going to touch upon, like, Valentine's Day and, like, love stories. And part of the things that we mentioned in the bill, um, in the Dignity Act, was about the Families United. And we kind of wanted to tell the story of a person who's been separated on and off from her spouse or partner since 2010. So, um, I'm just going to read off the story to y'all. It says... Gerardo, a Mexican native, and Marissa, a U.S. citizen, fell in love in 2010. They decided to go to Mexico, hoping to marry and return to the U.S. through legal avenues. However, they were surprised to learn of a 10-year immigration bar standing in the way of their plans. The immigration bars affect immigrants who could qualify for a green card through sponsorship by a family member who is a U.S. citizen, um, especially individuals that learn that entered the U.S. without authorization. To adjust their status, immigrants like Gerardo must first leave the U.S. and go through consular processing before returning to a legal status. But leaving the U.S. triggers the bars, making re-entry impossible until the bars run out or are waived. Marissa and Gerardo had to force the reality of being indefinitely separated from their family due to their immigration bar. And despite having completed their 10-year bar and turned in all of their documentation, Gerardo's case has been denied for expedition twice, making his return to the United States to reunite with his loved one um, to take even longer. As of right now, Marisa and Gerardo and their daughters continue to wait for their case to be resolved. If Congress passes legislation to reform the three and ten year bars, then Marissa and Gerardo, along with families all across the United States, would not face indefinite separation. Yeah, that just proves that even if you try to do what is advised, what is required of you, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to grant you're going to be granted access or be granted a a green card. And for basically the people who were like, why don't you just do it the right way? Why don't you just do it the right way? And like, that just proves that even people who are doing it the right way are facing backlash. Like, come on, bro. He's been separated from his daughters for 10 años. And think about all of the money that it costs her to maintain her family here for the girls to go to school here. And then paying all the trips that they have to take to Mexico to see their dad. 
But that and then all the copious amounts of legal fees. Yeah. Legal like that fees. adds up so quickly. Like any kind of little legal fee, you're already looking at like five thousand dollars. Easy. And if they had to continuously like deal with things like that for ten years, over ten years, like it's it's very costly to try to do this and it's sometimes it seems very impossible. But that's why it's important for us to really keep pushing the message that you know what we're here and we are going to achieve great things and we're we're not going to stop until you know we're granted our what is our right you know honestly like if we're working hard for it and we prove ourselves like I really genuinely believe that we should be capable of doing that um but I know not everyone's going to agree, but at the end of the day, this is a podcast talking about our experiences in this country. Um, Well, I just want to say that I actually, this hits home because I actually have permanent bar. So I can't apply for papers, even though I'm legally married to a U.S. citizen. So this really hits home because it's like, I don't know. Yeah, Yeah, it's disheartening. It's like, I have a degree. I really want to get a job. I want to get a good paying job. Um, I don't know. I feel like I can't even explain it. But I would love to one day have Marissa on the show and like maybe her talk about her experiences, everything that they've been through along this journey. And where we got the um, story from was from United Families or Families United. American Families United. Uh, it's an Instagram account, and basically they advocate for um, permanent bar to be removed, and they post representatives across various states that support the American Families United Act. For example, one of them is Representative Paul Tunko, who is from New York, a representative Mel- Madeline Dean from Pennsylvania, um, Representative G. Balado from California, Representative Brittany Peterson from Colorado, and they advocate for Bill HR 1698, which is like basically like they're co-sponsoring it for it to for permanent bar to be removed. Yes, um, it's very important for us to keep sharing these stories and you know sharing all these resources because at the end of the day guys we're not alone in this and there is a lot of support groups out there and you know there's we can really get the help and sometimes it's just being part of a community that can you really help us in tough times um because whenever you're in a scenario like this it's really hard to move past it um and what i mean by that is like sometimes like you live your life but you're constantly you constantly have reminders of what you're not able to do and that's really difficult so um i do know that we also do want to share um some resources that are available for us um to help in in this journey or any journey that we're yes so um the first well not the first one but immigrants rising they have a six-week wellness support group that is basically led by mental health experts so legally established clinicians and these are virtual sessions so in my opinion (laughs) i think it's kind of better because you can do it from the comfort of your own home so you don't have to go out 
to actually meet the person. I mean, if you like that, if you like that in-person therapy, that's totally awesome. However, these sessions or the wellness support group are virtual and the spots are limited. So you guys have to secure a spot, but we will share the link in our show notes so that you guys can register. And guys, they have a lot of um, support groups. For example, one of them is Love support group and it is facilitated but by akia robinson and it begins february 28th 2024 uh 8 5 p.m central time uh 9 no 8 p.m eastern time so if anybody would like to join that i feel like that's that's really really cool another part another thing that it's i think that's cool is that they don't only have like undocu support love groups they have undocu api support groups danny told me that that stands for asian pacific islanders islanders yeah islanders yeah (laughs) yeah yes that and then there is an undocumented undocu lg lgbtq plus support group formally undocumented support group and then undocu women support group undocu love like we just mentioned coping with uncertainty support group and then life outside the u.s support group and yeah these these weekly virtual um sessions um are closed meaning that advanced registration is required and the goal is to create a confidential space where like 10 or 12 individuals max can feel supported and understood and less alone in our community the best part about it, like Ellis mentioned, is literally the fact that it's online. So, you know, whether they're holding this in California or holding it in Nevada, like, it really doesn't matter. Like, if we can be in Texas, we can be in Florida, we can be wherever, um, which is also the beauty of it. We just have to do our due diligence by signing up and making sure that we um, secure a spot. So definitely take advantage of that. Yes, I- Yes, guys. And I was going to say, guys, if you guys want to write in a a diario, we are still doing those. So please, please write a submission, any story, anything that you would like to share. You can be completely anonymous. And I think Danny added in there the option of doing a voice memo, I believe, a voice recording, which would be really cool. Yeah. And then also, if y'all have, I know we we have a like two guests lined up but um yeah if y'all have any other people that y'all would suggest that y'all think that would be a great addition to this podcast please definitely let us know give us their contact information we'll reach out we'll do all the heavy lifting but if you know really let us know because at the end of the day it's all about who you know what you know and being really informed so we really want to um stress that as well is if you know somebody in a certain field that you think we would greatly benefit from sharing certain information from please by all means send that to us email us what whatever um yeah but yeah thank you and so then much. to end the podcast on a good note the three scholarships that we are doing today is a dream.us national scholarship it ends 229 and it is up to thirty three thousand dollars. so that is a lot of money and then the second one is the AAMI Foundation Kilmer Fund. It ends on two twenty nine. It's five thousand dollars. And then the third one is the SBB Research Group. It's basically for STEM students, like STEM majors. That one ends two twenty eight, and it is two thousand five hundred dollars. And we will link those on the show notes as well. Thank you all for tuning in today.
this Dignity Act makes me so happy. There's hope for the future. Um, I don't know. United family, American Families United also makes me happy because if you follow their page, you see how these people are calling their representatives and asking if they stand for Bill H.R. 1618. And it's kind of like, I'm going to make my husband do that. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Thank you all for tuning in tonight. I hope you guys have a blessed week. Yes, and thank you so much for joining us on another episode, and we will see you all next week. Yes, bye.